This is the Championship Club Podcast, the show that shines a light on English rugby's second flight. Join us every fortnight and check us out on the socials at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Championship Clubs Podcast. I'm Ross Hancock, joined as always by Charlie Beckett. We'll also be joined by Nottingham's David Williams. Um, lots to look back at at the beginning of a new Championship season, the first round. We'll be looking ahead to the next round's a weekend of no games this weekend, bar one, time recording. But we're going to start with Mr Beckett. I believe you've got some news staying in the Championship and staying with Ealing, Charlie. Yeah, you, the championship can't get rid of me that easily. Uh, no chance. Uh, no, I obviously, uh, very fortunate when I got back from Australia, signed short-term injury cover deal till the end of um, October with Ealing. And they, very fortunately for me, have chosen to extend that to the end of December. So I've got another seven or eight weeks at Ealing at the moment, which is brilliant. I'm loving my time there, learning lots. Obviously, the standard bearers of the championship for the last few seasons, pretty much. So learning lots, enjoying that. And my next challenge is trying to get a game while I'm there, which is no mean feat with the stands of the squad, but I'm enjoying the challenge. And yeah, loving being there. So that was some good news last week for me. Good stuff, mate. Excellent. We'll start with uh, with Elin, with your side, um, in the beginning of the championship season, three from three. We'll come on to Donny in a minute as well. They're, they're three from three, but just a, a word on your boys are ticking away nicely, but not, not had it all their own way so far, and especially in the first two rounds. Yeah, re- really strong start to the season. But as you say, um, there's no easy games this league, as much as it's odd with the difference we've spoken a lot between the full-time and the semi-pro teams, but that doesn't make any any game easy. So it was very tight up at Bedford until I'd say probably the last 10, 15 minutes when we probably just got away at the end a little bit. Um, so yeah, no no easy games whatsoever to start the season. Um, Nottingham next Friday, obviously we'll speak to Dave later, but Nottingham next Friday, it's always a horrible place to go on a Friday night in Nottingham, so that won't be easy. And then Coventry the week after, which will be a huge game. So they just come thick and fast, the tests. But no, three from three, uh, 15 points out of possible 15. We're, we're pretty happy with our start. And Donny also three from three. A, a lot of talk about them in, in pre-season from us, from others, that they'll possibly put together a, a top-of-the-table challenge, whether that's second or third or or wherever they finish. They didn't have a, the greatest of uh, Premiership Rugby Cup campaigns, but they started three from three. Maybe not set the world alight just yet, but they'll, they'll be more than happy with that, won't they? Yeah, exactly. And they're probably not playing as well as they'd hoped to. Speaking to some boys there, knowing the lads, they're fairly frustrated at times of parts of performance, but they're still three wins from three. And actually, if you're not playing to the best of your ability and winning games, they will set the sign of a good side, don't they? I'll throw some more cliches in today at some point. But yeah, it, it's it's definitely going to have them up the top end. I think they're a very good, very well-coached full-time side. So I think they'll be massively in the mix-up come the end of the season. We've spoken about your uh, current employers, Elin. Word on your old team, Amptil. They've they've started the season well, sort of headlined by a, a possibly could say a shock victory against uh, Coventry. who have been much fancied this season so far. Last week, thirty four twenty four, real uh, eye opener and a, a bit of a statement to the league for people that are going to, to Dillingham Park. Yeah, that's a huge win for Amptil. I know uh, Tommy and Lav will have been very very happy with that, especially with the rivalry there is with Coventry. Um, Coventry just struggle at Dillingham Park. I think they've only won once there ever. They they always seem to struggle there. But I, I've got to say, we saw from my predictions, I predicted a Coventry win in that one. I was shocked to see Amptel win, but pleasantly shocked. Like, they're my old side. I only wish them well, obviously, apart from when they play Ealing. Um, and, yeah, a huge, huge win for them because Coventry are a strong side this season. So we saw that from their Prem, uh, Prem Cup run. So a huge, huge win for Amptel. And for them to be third after three games, I think they'll be pretty pleased with that. Yeah, and of course, obviously, there's going to be a, a bye week um, every week for for a team in the championship this season. So Coventry starting with with a win and a loss. So they've only played two so far. So we'll, we'll talk about another of the sides that have spoke that have played three games, and we'll, we'll speak to to David Williams later on. But 
But Nottingham, we said we thought they'd be improved. We thought they'd, they'd be sort of up towards the, you know, the top of the middle, if you like, and towards the top of, the, of this season. And they've, they've started pretty well with two wins and a, and a defeat. Yeah, very well. And you say, especially we've just said how well Amtel did to beat Cov. Amtel have got to be a good side. Nothing beaten the week before. So I think you're going to see um, a lot of teams beating each other and losing the next week. I think it's going to be a very, very tight league this season. I'm looking forward to speaking to Dave later because I've said a few times this podcast now, I think Nottingham are maybe a cut above what they've been in previous seasons this year. And I want to see what he thinks about that and if they feel that inside the squad as well. And, uh, Bedford and Pirates in the in the previous round, a tight one down, uh, down at our place at the Mene. Two teams as well that have, have only played uh, two fixtures so far in the league this season. What did you make of that result and, and how those two teams have started? Yeah, I think it was a huge win for Bedford. Everyone knows how hard it is to go to Pirates away. I obviously fell off my predictions there as well, predicting the Pirates win. Uh, but yeah, I think, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record here. It's just so close this season. The teams are very evenly matched throughout the league, I think. And if you don't turn up, if you're 5%, 10% off on the day and the other team aren't, I think anyone could lose to anyone. So I think it's going to be a really, really tight season. I think Bedford and Pirates will both be in that top three, top four shake-up come the end of it. But you could say that about six or seven teams. So I think that makes for a really, really exciting exciting league this year. We say that Bedford have, uh, have only played two games so far. They are the only team playing this weekend. I know you predicted the result of that last they're weekend. Not, they're not the only team, are they, Ross? They've got, they've got to play someone else. They can't just go and play by themselves. Brings me nicely on to uh, some, of the, some of the sides that haven't had great starts this season. Harbury, their opponents this weekend, one of three sides in the league that haven't won yet this season. Scottish, perhaps... And Cambridge, maybe unsurprisingly, to go naught from three. Is that a, a concern, especially for for Scottish and for Cambridge? Hartbury ran Ealing close, like you said. Yeah, Hartbury had a real tough start with Donny and Ealing and played well against both. Um, so I don't think they'll be too concerned. That Bedford game this weekend is enormous uh, for them. I think Scottish potentially be concerned with the way their results have gone. Potentially, I think it's been a tough start for them. And obviously, they had that renaissance at the end of last season for them to have started this season poorly could be concerning, but you never know. You don't know what's going on the inside. And then Cambridge be heartbroken that first week where they looked so strong against Ampton and lost to an 83rd minute Tommy Turner classic penalty trick play. Uh, I can't tell you the number of times I've run them in training and never seen one work on a pitch and finally it did. If you get a chance to go and watch that video, go and look at Tommy celebrating in the background. It's just pure joy. It'll bring, it will bring a smile to your face. So Cambridge started well then and then have fallen off a little bit. Obviously, always tough when you play full-time teams, uh, they took a fairly comprehensive defeat to Ealing this weekend, just gone. So I think they won't be too dismayed, but I think they, they will have known they were in for a scrap around the bottom of the league always. They were probably in no no uh, confusion about that. So we'll just see. But I don't think by any stretch of the imagination we're going to see any of those 100-pointers like we did a few seasons ago with Scottish. I think it's a much much tighter and more competitive league this year. Yeah, and just to just to finish off, I think we covered everyone then. And Coldy, another club close to your heart for for obvious reasons. They uh, they're up to their old tricks again, and and you know it's not the difficult second season so far. They they picked up a good uh, home victory against London Scottish, despite uh, another defeat as well at, at Cobb. Yeah, they're they're always a difficult team to go and play away up at uh, Patfield, especially when the weather comes in up there, as it seems to be doing at the moment. So I have no concerns that Coldy will be absolutely fine this season, and I think we'll finish similarly to where they did last year, which was a surprise to everyone last year, but I don't think it should be this year. They're a good side. They're, they seem well coached from what I hear and they've got a really, really good culture and team buying up there, some great home support and a horrible place to go. So it makes for a uh, makes for a good home home ground and if they can pick up a few wins on the road, they'll be flying. Excellent stuff. Right, it's time to to bring on today's guest. It's uh, Nottingham's David Williams. I know you two boys know each other 
extremely well. So I'll let you two have a, have a catch up and a chat in a minute. David, good to have you on, mate. Six Team of the Week's uh, nominations for the pod. You must be uh, happy to come on after all the love we've given you. And uh, yeah, going well. We've top try score, or one of the top try scorers last season in the in the league. Another one at the weekend. You must be uh, happy with how you're going. Morning, oh, afternoon, other lads. Yeah, uh, great to get on. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. Uh, I think it's what I say <laughs> on Talk TV. Uh, yeah, uh, Knots, um, I guess myself as part of Knots, have got on to a really good start. We had a tough uh, first few fixtures in the Cup, but something that we didn't put a huge amount of emphasis on in regards to results, but huge emphasis on on the league. Uh, and uh, as I guess you, you've been fairly complimentary of, we've, we've had a really good start. Would have loved to have come away with something, probably deserved to come away with something against Doncaster on the weekend, especially after being is it 12 nil up after six, seven minutes. But um, that's the chant for you. Absolutely. And like I said, I'll uh, I'll uh, a bit, little bit of nausea. And we'll, we'll speak about the the Ealing game that's coming up next for you guys at Lady Bay. But I'll uh, I'll uh, let you catch up with your your old mate Charlie Beckett. Charlie, you're gonna okay. you're gonna ask him where the nickname Cheese came from first. You told me, wasn't it? Yeah, well, we'll address the elephant in the room. Like, I, I know because I was lucky enough to be there. Like, I was there when it happened. So, Dave, everyone in the world knows you as Cheese. Would you like to explain why? Yeah, so back in, we would have been 17 or so, I am. Yeah, uh, I had hair. Yeah, you did. You look better now for it, though. Um, Thanks, mate. So, we, we had all the academy boys at Leicester had to log on to this daily reporting up on how your body works and one day one of the interns um, decided to change all the headshots to someone uh, famous or a cartoon character so one of the second rows got Melman from Madagascar and there were a few insulting ones to go besides that but there was a cheese string advert at the time where cheese string walks out the sea wiggles his hair and he goes into like a perm back when I was 17 um that's the lid that I I donned throughout my throughout my A levels. Um, somehow managed to find a girlfriend during that time as well. But um, cheese string obviously got shortened to cheese, and then for the last decade, it's followed me to university to Nottingham, and can't seem to get away with it actually. But it's I've I've, I've come quite fondly attached to it now actually. But uh, yeah, that's the I guess the roots. Thankfully, we've kept it PG. I was concerned. I did uh, did do a little recce with Mr. Beckett yesterday, but yeah, it's still still a story everyone wanted to know. I think. Yeah, it's all PG. Can you um can you remember what mine was on Edge Ten? No, I can't. Was it Mikey from Recess? Were you Mikey? No. Wow, that's rude. No, it was. Um, I woke up one morning, went to do my monitoring, and I was sloth from the Goonies. Oh, so that was <laughs> that was a tough one. To take. That was a tough one to take. Um, also, we went to um. End of our first year in the academy at Leicester, we went to watch Tigers in the final when they beat Saints in 2013. And we were all in fancy dress and Dave was dressed as a cheese string. And one of my most hilarious, because of how it ended memories, is do you remember you almost died that day? Yeah. So any, um, most people listening to this will probably have been to Twickenham, but if you haven't, we were at the front of the second tier at Twickenham. So the middle tier. And obviously there'd been a few beverages drunk that day. Mm. And Dave got up to, I can't remember what he did, and just slipped and literally went over the edge of the um, of, of the second tier and was just on his way. And I think it was Melman. I'm too I just managed to grab him and pull him back in. And she just thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever done in his life. But that could have been a very, very different story that day if if you hadn't been saved by a number of the boys. Um, 
Dave, rather than just talking about our drunk antics in the academy, talk to me about, we'll get onto you in a sec, but Nottingham this season. You've obviously been Nottingham for a few seasons now, and I've I've waxed the look a few times on this podcast and on social media of, I know you're one of my good mates, but how impressive it is how many tries you score for a team who, without being disrespectful, are, have been consistent the last few seasons in the bottom three, four of the league. Does it feel like you have got a squad that you feel can maybe compete a bit higher up this season, or am I just doing all your heads in on this podcast saying that and you're all like that idiot, I wish you'd shut up. No, absolutely. And it's cliche to say that, as I know, you're a fan of cliches, but like mm-hmm. we've been building over from the end of last year through pre-season this year with, with a decent bit of recruitment into the Cup and now the league. So traditionally knots have been over the last few years a, a pretty decent backline. Um and I'm, I'm sure they're right. I say that the forwards have been up and down. Um, sometimes our set piece has been great. Sometimes it, it hasn't, and it's led to a couple more losses than we might have deserved. And that's something that I think we've fixed this year. So Hamo and Dave, Craig Hammond, Dave Ross, the um, the two main coaches at Knotts have done their due, due diligence, I guess, and focused on beefing out, for want of a better word, the the pack this year. So getting TJ Harris back. Um, from Jersey, obviously a, a Nottingham local is is huge. Um, adding to that, say, got Kai Owen brought in from Doncaster. We've got Rich Cliff in number eight that we brought in from Australia. We've got a couple more second rows in. And it's just beefed out and led to a lot more competition on training, but also on game day um, and a fair bit more experience. The back line is, is kind of as it is with, like, we, throughout training and throughout games, we're, we're flying at the minute. And that's credit to Dave and Hamo giving us the license to play uh, and just the license to be expansive, which is kind of what we want to be known for. And I guess as more weeks go on and as more clips get shared over social media from yourselves and the championship would be sort of central social media, you're seeing that these these tries that we're, we're, we're scoring week in, week out and almost like becoming sort of like Bedford-esque as they used to be scoring worldies week in week out. That's where we want to be and kind of be on that that level where we, we're known for that as, as a group. Um, so that's the freedom that we've been allowed to play with over the last couple of games, starting with Coldy, um, then obviously Antil, and then for the for the majority of the Doncaster game, it's been great. As, as, as I think I mentioned earlier, we were 12-0 up at Doncaster and that was part game plan, but part playing, playing to our strengths. And then conditions weren't fantastic, but we were, we were our own worst enemy in, in the sense that we played more into Donny's hands in their slower game, in, especially in the second half, rather than sticking to what we were good at, which is why we probably didn't come away with anything. But spirits are really high around, around the club and it's probably in... This is my seventh season, I think, at Knotts now. And it's, as a group, it's the closest the group has ever been in regards to players. Um, and that's, again, that's probably credit to the coaches to because they don't just bring in good players in their eyes, they bring in good blokes. And that's really sort of benefited um, the guys that have potentially moved on and have improved on and off the field in that respect to the new guys that have come in. Certified Nottingham Club legend, Dave Williams, top try scorer for the club. You laugh, but you it's ridiculous. I want to get onto this of top try scorer for Nottingham ever in all of history. Um, always in the top three or four for the league. 
we obviously played together from the age of like 16 to about 20. And you were you were all right at scoring tries. Like you played on the wing and you scored enough. And then I feel like you went away to the Welsh Prem, to Ebervale, got some men's rugby experience and just came back as this try scoring machine that's never stopped. Like, do you think, and as much as that's like a ridiculous thing to say, but do you think going away when you did to go and play men's rugby in Wales, like you did, but not many people know you, you went and did that. So that gave you the experience to come back and really excel in the championship. Because since then, because you came back as what, a 21-year-old in the champ then? Went to uni, but we're playing, went to Trent, but we're playing at knots the whole time. You've never really stopped scoring from then. So do you think that was a big part of your rugby development going and getting that experience when you did? Uh, potentially. So I'll, I'll be honest to say it was the worst year of my life. Uh, right here in Wales, like I wouldn't. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was. I didn't particularly enjoy it. I got released from Leicester at 19, and then sort of panicked. Hadn't applied for university following the academy or whilst in the academy, uh, and got sold a dream to go to fairly rural Wales at 19 years old. Whilst my mates were off to freshers, and very glad I did. In hindsight, didn't particularly enjoy it. I was living on my own, and the team I played for ever Vale like really welcoming great set of guys there but they were all either students that lived in Cardiff which was 50 miles away uh blokes with normal lives and kids uh, and then a few other extras so I didn't really have a huge amount of interaction outside of rugby and I was working full-time in Newport which isn't the most glamorous place in the world at the time uh but rugby wise uh it matured me a lot so we went from I guess an expansive academy team to a team that scored, whilst we won the league, I scored three tries in that season and played almost every game. Wasn't particularly expansive. So I grew a lot in sort of the kick chase, the defensive, the working off your wing because we were a set piece team. And that's where I guess I initially learned that if I wait and sit on the edge, it ain't coming my way. And then came back, moved to... Uh, moved to Nottingham, went to started uh, uni Nottingham Trent, and it was probably my first year at Nottingham Trent. But I didn't get a huge amount of love at Nottingham in the Championship, where I started really sort of scoring. Um, again, uni standard uni rugby throw the ball around, but we had a really really good team that year. I think we only lost one game across the whole season, uh, and that's kind of where I took sort of what I learned through the academy. Obviously, basic skills over the years. The, the nouse of learning to go off your wing in adult rugby and the kind of the physicality surrounding that, but then the freedom for uni rugby all kind of merged together. Sort of, I, I guess that was sort of the first year that I, I'd say I really kicked on. And then following that, had three more years at university. One was cut short through for COVID, but then played a lot more rugby in the championship rather than the university because I guess I was given an opportunity at not more due to injury rather than anything else uh, took it with both hands and I guess here I am now and there's there's a number of boys that have done that similarly uh, through Trent there's uh, guys throughout the whole team so yeah Tim Cardale second row uh, kind of academy cast off that then moved to Wasps Melbourne Rebels and is now at uh, Newcastle Jamie Jack who came through the academy with us Charlie um moved around the championship a fair bit now at Bedford but obviously had a, had a year at Edinburgh full time uh, and then well, there's a, a current good group of young lads going through the system as it is at the minute take our fullback Ellis Ney kind of 
first team Trent guy last year, maybe trained with Knox once or twice. And let's be honest, to hold a back more than anything else. Did pre-season with us this year and probably didn't think he'd get much game time. And no one can get the shirt back off him. He's really, really kicked on so well. And it's is that, I guess, freedom that Trent provides as junior rugby, but then the structure that Nottingham provides to go around with that that works really well. Yeah, mate, it's also, like you say, I think it's been great to hear from a personal point of view, being my mate, watch how you've just progressed through and become this try-scoring joke of a player and Nottingham legend, all these things. But also, I think it's a whole different podcast of stories of what, what it was like being in that academy together, but it just brings <laughs> that sort of, yeah, as he laughs, the bomb that going through the Les Tigers Academy brings together is awesome. So it's always nice for me to see you doing well. I will let you get off though, because Ross and I have got to go and gnaws about next week's rounds of rugby. So thank you very much for coming on, Dave. Uh, best luck for the season, not for next week, uh, because we're playing you. I'm going to predict a 100-0 win <laughs> to Ealing. And I hopefully will see you next Friday, my friend. Pleasure. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, Dave. Cheers. Cheers. Well, as you've uh, seemingly tried to take over my uh, my hosting presenting job there, Charlie, I think just before we get on to uh, to round five and our extra game, I'll just uh, <clears throat> for the benefit of our listeners ask what you're up to at the weekend because you uh, you're covering the, the big one, aren't you? I've got the big one. I'm commentating tomorrow night on Delta versus the Romanian Wolves in the Rugby Europe Super Cup. So forget your Championship Rugby, forget your Premiership Rugby, get your Rugby Europe Super Cup on tomorrow night. That's Friday the 10th for everyone listening. That's what I'm doing. So get get yourself on there, everyone. Big Jim 2.0 here on the Champ Club podcast. We love to see it. Love to see it. Anyway, on to round five. Um, I say round five. We've got one from, from round four to look ahead to. Bedford not involved in round five. So they'll be hosting Hartbury this week in a, in a rearranged game. I know you've already predicted it. So you can say how you think that's going to go again. But uh, yeah, it's a... It's a Potentially quite a, a free-flowing one there at Goldington Road. Yeah, I accidentally predicted this last week because I didn't realise it was played uh, this week. So I'll do that again tomorrow. But yeah, I think this. I think Bedford will have too much for Hartbury at home. Uh, but I think it's a huge game for both sides. And hopefully the weather uh, holds out and we can get a good game for a bit. But no, I think Bedford will just have too much for Hartbury uh, in that game. On to round five in its entirety. Then we'll get your uh, your normal predictions. Uh, well, time recording now. It's Thursday, the week before the next round. But we'll um, we'll get them on socials next week. Starting with Scottish and Amptill. That's uh, a chance for your old boys there to back up a, a really big win. But also, you know, probably in in reality, one that Scottish should be really targeting to to get themselves off the board. Yeah, definitely. I think Scottish should be targeting that. It's a hard place to go. The rag. I think a lot this season. Of the Amstel games, it will be interesting how many of their Saris dual reg boys they have. I think that will make a difference to the performances they have, the quality of player they have, etc. But I think I do think Amstel have too much for Scottish down the rag uh, next weekend. And we just spoke to uh, to Cheese there for David Williams from Nottingham, Nottingham Ealing. That looks like a real eye catcher in, in round five at Lady Bay and a, and a banana skin for your boys. Yeah, hundred nil Ealing. <laughs> no, um, really hard place to go. I've had a few tonkings at Lady Bay on Friday in my time at Amptel and my time at Jersey. Uh, really tough place to go. Like I've said a lot, I think Nottingham are a very good side this year. So we will absolutely have to be at our best to get a result there. Much like the the Scottish Amptel game, you've got Cambridge and uh, and Hartbury, another two teams that haven't won yet. Hartbury obviously be big favourites, but you know Cambridge they're gonna they're gonna be targeting the, those sort of teams to to try and get themselves off the mark and and get themselves any wins this season. It's looking like it's going to be a tougher ask for them than it was for Coldy last year, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. And they're an awkward side, Cambridge. Strong set piece, uh, which you have to have in this league. But if Hartbury play as well as they did against Donny 
as well as they did against uh, us the other week. I think they'll have too much for Cambridge there. But um, Cambridge, is especially away, are definitely a banana skin for everyone. That's a tough place to go. Um, obviously, your boys, Ross, you've got Coldy uh, in round five. How are you feeling for that one? Yeah, it's it's an interesting, it's a weird start for us. It's been quite, I mean, it has been for everyone, been a bit stop-start with bye weeks and weeks off that were planned and that kind of stuff. So this is actually our third consecutive home game to start a season. So it started well against London Scottish, probably didn't show everything that we we're about because of the weather. Weather was absolutely dreadful down here as it can be, um, but got a solid win and, and it wasn't much better weather-wise against, against Bedford and we were pretty close to... To coming back, in fairness, Bedford did sort of look, dictate that game. Um, I think we probably could have got a draw at the end. We did miss a kick, but yeah, probably let, let, left a few out there. Um, no disrespect to Coldy, but this is this is one that we we really need to you know target target a victory in and target the five in. Don't want to do any team talks, but we need to get we need to get going now a little bit. We'll be uh, on the road to to Ampdale. We've got some big games coming up against Donning Donny and Ealing uh, in December. So yeah, we want to we want to really sort of put a put a marker down. Some teams have already done that with 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 wins. Ampdale have done that against Coventry. Nottingham are backing up things that people have been saying about them, and and obviously Ealing at the top. And we we want to prove that we're a we're a good side and, and we're going to have a good season. So yeah, looking looking forward to that, but not underestimating the challenge of a you know really tough and dogged Coldy side. Um, and just on to the the final game of that weekend, then it's Coventry against Doncaster. That potentially could be a really spicy one. That's a that's a heck of a fixture that would probably be selected for uh, for coverage. Should we have had that this season? Sigh. Oh, the sass on Ross Hancock there. But yes, that would be your game of the round, wouldn't it? I think that, especially after Hov's loss to Amtel, that becomes a huge game for them. I think if they want to seriously be in the mix for title contention in the season. It's such a tight league, but I think the teams at the top will do so well. You can't really afford to lose more than two or three games. So their loss to Ampton's put them under some real pressure there. And they can't, if they want to seriously be title contenders, which I believe they do, they can't really afford a loss to Donny this early. So I think more pressure on Cov than Donny there, but I think that'll be a hell of a game. Brilliant stuff. Thanks very much, Charlie, as always. Good luck with your uh, your big commentary gig this weekend. I'm sure everyone will be tuning in for that one. Big thanks to David Williams as well for, for joining us. Uh, thanks to Ryan, as always. Thanks to you guys for listening. Keep following us on the socials. Look out for the team of the week when we return. And uh, we should have consecutive three weeks of championship action coming soon. We'll be back soon too. Cheers. That was the Championship Clubs podcast. Be sure to come back in a fortnight's time and follow us on social media at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter.